We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh, bring in Ron Lieber from the New York Times. Uh, the title of the piece, and this is something we talked about a, a ton on our show, it's the case of the $5,000 Springsteen tickets and, you know, Right now on StubHub at Mohegan Sun, the cheapest ticket for a Springsteen show is 500 bucks, and it goes up to like 10000 And And so I was fascinated by the piece. Uh, welcome to the show, Ron. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to have you on. A little Amherst College connection. I love it. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I guess my I didn't know that they were doing dynamic pricing for these tickets. Is it just in cer- for certain ticket packages and certain venues, or is it for all of them? Well, this is an interesting place to start, right? Because fans, many of them, most of them even, that were caught completely unaware by this. Um, you know, there was some warning, there was some language, but most fans had never experienced anything like this before. And it was going on, maybe not every show, but it was going on with enough of them that, you know, people who had gotten the magic code and had come to the end of the queue, you know, the digital queue, and had hoped that they were going to see what, were to them face value tickets, but were instead seeing these platinum priced uh, uh, tickets for, you know, $1,000 and up in some cases over $5,500 with fees. And they were shocked. Yeah. And the, and the prices, you know, I almost don't know where to start because the, the, the best point of the whole piece, and we talked about it earlier was, and we did the same thing with, with cars. We did a, we talked to an auto dealer earlier you know, it told a story of the new Hummer uh, EV that somebody, they delivered one, the guy bought it for like 126000 and it turns out he flipped it the next day for like two hundred and eighty. And And so the argument is that if, if these tickets are getting flipped on the secondary market for a huge, a huge premium, why shouldn't the artist get some of that, that gap money? I mean, that's the only decent argument I could get for justifying that. But what, what do the management of Bruce Springsteen say about it? Well, it's interesting. I mean, on the record, to me, you know, after days and days of trying, I finally extracted a sort of two-paragraph statement out of them that basically just said, hey, um, these are the prices uh, that many other artists charge. Bruce is, uh, you know, one of the greatest artists of his generation. Um, And yes, there were a modest number of tickets that were sold for more, um, but, you know, the average price was, you know, 200 and some dollars. And that's true as far as it goes for the seats that they did sell in this particular moment. But what he, what John Landau, the manager, did not want to talk about in his statement was whether they were trying to capture that, you know, excess profit margin that the scalpers would otherwise take, which they were, right? He did not want to talk about the fact that they really screwed this up on the front end by not explaining it, um, which they did. Um, And he did not, you know, want to talk for more than a sentence or two about money because money is not very rock and roll. Right. Well, what do you, I mean, first of all, Ron, you're you're a Springsteen fan, right? I am. Yeah, so... I mean, for me, like, do you think it's it's worth it? And what do you think Bruce thinks? I mean, he, it's it's his brand out in the forefront here. 
Well, you know, among longtime fans, uh, you know, there were a number of kind of ongoing conversations I was having with people in real time. And there's some people who, you know, suggest the possibility that Bruce had no idea what was going on, right? right. Um, uh, you know, maybe people close to him who were aware of it are afraid to tell him back news, right? Maybe John Landau's manager was trying to shield him from this. Um, you know, maybe he doesn't read social media and his friends were not texting him or he just wasn't aware of how angry people were. So, you know, we don't know what he thinks. Hmm. Yeah, we're talking with Ron Lieber for the New York Times. The piece is the case of the $5,000 Springsteen tickets. And, you know, I got fa- you know, I'm fascinated with the business world, you know, my time at CNBC. And I, I looked it up and I, I don't know how accurate these are, but like Bono's worth like $700 million. John Bon Jovi's worth $400 million. Heck, even Tom Jones is worth $300 million. But it says the net worth of Bruce Springsteen is only like $80 million. And I was pretty shocked at that. But because the, the the tickets of his Broadway show went for so much money as well, like I, I I don't know if you have something to say about that, but I found that to be kind of a head scratcher. Wait, you said what for Springsteen's net worth? His net worth is only like eighty million. Hmm, I, I don't know about that figure because he, you know he sold his song catalog the way that a lot of these other artists have done the last couple of years. You know, basically the um, the the royalty rights to his music going forward forever for I believe it was half a billion worth of dollars not that long ago and so unless he gave all that money away yeah he sold it for five hundred and fifty million last last winter that's right you're right about exactly, that exactly right so um, so you know he doesn't need the money right so you know what this comes down to really for for both sides of this equation Brian is, is the cosmic set of questions that govern all of humanity <laughs> and and certainly you know most of business and our personal endeavors in the world which are what is the definition of success and how much is enough yeah I mean, right? for, because for, for Springsteen, right, it might be the principle of the thing. Yeah, you know, he's worth close to a billion dollars or whatever he's worth. But why should some random scalpers, you know, be making more than he is per ticket, right? Why should he not capture that money? And for the fans, right, you know, how much, how much is enough Springsteen, right? Yeah. If you've seen him a dozen times or three dozen or eight dozen, you know, as, as a lot of people who are angry about this did, well, like, what is your, what is your right, your, your level of entitlement to a quote-unquote faith value, market value seat to see him for the 79th time? What are you willing to pay, um, and what should you have to pay, right? These are questions that have no answers, right. but they are fascinating and yeah. they cut to the core of the human condition. Well, it's so funny, Ryan, because you speak to the what I think is the landscape of our economy. There's plenty of people who can pay it. They can pay it at whatever the price is. And then in this, and there's a slew of people who are probably authentic Bruce Springsteen fans who can't even consider paying it. And so... You know, it's, it talks that that really speaks to to me the wealth disparity in this country because especially in the Northeast, they can fill stadiums with these five hundred dollars seats because there are people out there who can pay it, but there are definitely people getting priced out of it. And I just wonder. I really think your point is interesting about whether Springsteen is even aware of it because, you know, I I, I would think that he wants to make money, but I also think that he wants you know his product to be consumed by all demographics and i think you know i think for someone who's a working in the working class they would be offended by all of this right i and, and a lot of people are um there's a there's an entity out there in the kind of internet ether called uh, bruce funds 
where, you know, sort of people write in with their stories of having fallen on hard times or, or never having, you know, lifted themselves out of hard times, hoping that somebody will, you know, give them a ticket or buy them a ticket. These people are out there. Um, you know, sure, there are thousands of, of Bruce fans who grew up to be Wall Street titans and, you know, real estate moguls, but they're moguls, but, you know, there's plenty of people who are working class as well who feel completely left out by this. Um, you know, you, you interview artists or you hear them interviewed from time to time saying, I don't want to look out into the first 10 rows and right. see suits, right? See people who don't know the words, see people who, um, you know, don't belong here, right? But it's easy enough to solve for that, right? They do it on Broadway by, you know, doing the lottery for, you know, the, the, the first two rows, you know, 20 bucks a pop, and yep. you've got to get in line and go in as soon as you win. You know, there, there are ways around this. Like, more broadly, the question of, you know, whether you can make tickets non-transferable, you would have thought that we would solve for that um, in the year 2022. We have not, in fact. There are, you know, regulatory issues, legal issues. Not all the people you would expect to be in favor of that are in favor of it. Um, certainly scalpers, um, you know, have lobbied against, uh, you know, restrictions. And so, uh, you know, for all of the ingenuity and innovation in our nation and in our world, um, this experience of buying tickets, Brian, has actually gotten worse. I know it it's has gotten worse since you and I were lining up for journey tickets. I, I'd rather get world. my wristband at Strawberries and, and wait yeah. for hours. Uh, <laughs> listen, it's great to talk to you, Ron. Obviously, I'm always a big fan, and and I know you've been a supporter of me at various points. So it's good to connect. Hopefully, we'll do it again. Thanks for having me. All right, Ron Lieber from the New York Times. Check it out; it's a great piece. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.